Good evening, everybody. Smiley here. Let's just wait and see who's around. Welcome to Warrior to Warrior, my free training for parents of worried children. Um, thank you for joining me. Tonight, we will be looking at um, some of the signs that we see in worried children and also how that affects you as a parent and what your worry response is to your child and how that affects them. So come on in and say hi. Tell me how your day is. Hello, Caroline. How are you? That's a nice face. Hello, Elaine. How are you? That's another face that I know. Oh, that feels reassuring. Thank you for joining me. If you'd like to come in and say hi, I'd like to meet more of you. Hello, Matthew and Sarah. Hello, Radka Martinez. Oh, that's a that's a nice name, Martinez. Hello, Nikki. Hi, everyone. So if you want to get yourselves organised, I have actually posted. There is a cheat sheet, a free cheat sheet for you. You will find it on the website, smileyforlife.com forward slash worry sheet one, two, three. So grab that so forward slash worry sheet one, two, three. Grab that, grab a pen, grab a cup of tea, smileyforlife.com forward slash worry sheet, W-O-R-R-Y-S-H-E-E-T, one, two, three. It doesn't matter if you can't see it now, I'm going to talk you. Somebody just tried to call me then. Um, it doesn't matter if you can't see it or you haven't print, you haven't got time to print it out. I will talk you through it, but it may be something you want to go and access afterwards because that's got all of the keynotes in it of the things that we're going to talk about tonight. I will take you through the training and then I will come to the chat row and answer any questions you have. I've got some questions here that people have already been sending me. Um, so I will stay here for as long as it takes. But obviously, you would probably like some of your evening. So we'll try and um, we'll try and get through it quickly. And I hope I hope it's helpful to you. What I'd like you to come away with tonight is more of an understanding of what's going on with your child and how your response to it impacts them more than anything else. No pressure, but it's not to put pressure on you. It's so that you can feel in control of something because when you see your child struggling with something, it feels really out of control, doesn't it? So let's just hold on till five past. I'm going to start at five past. So if you want to go and grab the cheat sheet, smileyforlife.com forward slash worry sheet one, two, three, all one word. And I can see you all coming in. Hi, Amy. Hi, Helen. It's lovely to have you all here. Thank you so much for showing up. I really appreciate it. Also, whilst we're waiting for others to come online, for the worriers, Timed exactly for tonight, the new episode of the Truly Madly Smiley podcast. It's episode 12, the one with the big worry explosion, or the one with the worry explosion, is now live online. So your kids will be able to listen to that. E, you'll find that on the website, e, smileyforlife.com forward slash TMS12. So that's episode 12. Any of you listening to the podcast, your kids, I'm getting feedback that your kids are loving it and it's going down rather well. So that makes me really happy because it's a way of connecting with them and getting into their earbuds and filling their head with the good stuff and not the other stuff that the media are trying to fill their heads with. Hi, Taryn. Lovely to see you. How are you guys doing? Thank you for being here. Oh, you listened to it tonight and you loved it. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to write and it's really fun to record. 
Right. One more minute to go and then we're going to start, guys. So if you haven't grabbed the cheat sheet for tonight's training, smileyforlife.com forward slash worry sheet one, two, three. That's worry sheet, S-H-E-E-T, <laughs> one, two, three. Get yourself a pen, get yourself a cup of tea or something stronger if you prefer and settle yourselves in and we'll kick off. One more minute to go. Let's just have a slurp of water. I've been preparing for this all day and then I deliver it and then I'll just fall in a big heap on the floor afterwards. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to run through the training. I will get to your questions at the end. I will hang around and answer everyone's questions. But I think the training is quite comprehensive and I think the training will cover a multiple multitude of sins. So I'm, I'm sure that But if you've got questions, I'll happily answer them for you. Right, it's five past, so we're going to make a start. So if you've got your cheat sheet in front of you, that's great. So, warriors, if it makes you feel any better, I think 99.9% .9 of the population are worried or there's high levels of anxiety. I think we're seeing mental health issues reach an all-time high. Um, suicide rates are on the up and children are finding very maladaptive ways of coping, self-harm, cutting, um, and disappearing on screens. And actually, I, I wrote a a blog post today for um for a publication about my thoughts on social media and how we're all using it to disassociate because we're so overwhelmed and busy and that that is we don't know what the uh, aftermath of that is going to be and we probably won't for another five to ten years I would imagine but we're raising children in a really warped reality that's quite dangerous and we're and screens are highly addictive and we're using them as a tool to disassociate from anxiety and worry. So when that article is published, I will share it with you all because it's all about having boundaries around screens. It's not saying eradicate social media and eradicate online activity because look at us coming here together tonight and connecting. It's a great way to reach people, to get a positive message out there, to have a purpose but everything in moderation and um, and parents need to be really vigilant with their boundaries and, and keep their children safe and keep them grounded, keep them grounded. So let's not use screens as a way of disassociating and disconnecting from our feelings. I think the thing with worries for me is, is that, um, and you can tell me like when you see your child worried, if you feel brave enough to share, you don't have to if you don't want to, how does that make you feel? How does that make you feel? And and what are the signs that you're seeing that are causing you concern? What What is it that you see that causes you concern? If you want to type into the chat row and share, that would be great. But for me, when parents bring their kids to coaching, it's always about, you know, wanting to stop the worries. And you, it's That's not a realistic goal for coaching. It's not about stopping the worries because as I said we're all living in a really anxious fast-paced busy world it's about understanding ourselves more and finding ways of coping with them and everyone will have a different way of coping and there's no right or wrong way but the goal is not to eradicate feelings or numb out from them or be afraid of them that's something else children are getting scared of feeling their feelings mostly because they're getting into trouble for them so like angry kids in particular are just stuffing down their anger and holding on to it and going, I, I can't be angry because I'm going to get told off. Okay, well, we need to be connected to our feelings. We're not robots. So we need to make sure that we, um, yeah, that we're not, dis that we're not disassociating. 
because yeah, as lovely as this virtual world is, you know, we are, we're, we're hardwired to struggle, to connect with each other, to have loving and belonging, you know, we're human, that's what we need. Um, okay, so, um, so I've just, I just want to know what signs you're seeing, what signs you're seeing in your children that are causing you concern, if you feel brave enough to share. And um, how does it make you feel when you see your child worried? What does that, what sort of reaction does that create in you? Let's see what people are saying. You've all gone really quiet. I know there's a slight time delay. I'm just going onto my laptop. Um, There might be comments coming through and they're getting stuck. Taking a long time to go to sleep. Yes, they just can't relax and let go. They're holding on to everything. That's what I mean. They're not connected to their feelings. They're just holding on, holding on, holding on. And their brains get really, really busy and they get stuck, don't they? Like little hamsters on wheels. That was me as a child growing up, actually, and can be me as an adult sometimes now. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Self-harming. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that's happening to you. That's tragic. Yeah, that's some sort of form of self-abuse to mutilate your own body in a response to pain. And I think it shows the depth of pain that a child is in when they resort to that. And it also shows that they don't, this very black and white thinking, isn't it? I can either be worried or self-harm, but you know, there's stuff in between that. Like, what are your choices? What are your options? What else can you do? It isn't just black and white. And often children who worry have a very rigid way of seeing the world. They have what we call unhelpful thoughts, which are called ants, automatic negative thoughts. And they have a, a filter or a view of the world, which actually is what is holding them back and keeping them stuck in that in that worrying loop. So um, I teach that in coaching. We've been looking at that in the energy pod, actually, for those of you that have been coming, it's been really helpful. Um, school anxiety leading to refusal. Yes. So a lot of that is social anxiety, isn't it? I see that a lot. Children are being afraid of being seen, uh, being afraid of being bullied, feeling ostracized, feeling left out, feeling not included, feeling like they don't belong. They are such lonely, sad, big feelings for small people to feel. You know, there's nothing worse for human beings, that ultimate rejection of feeling like you don't fit in. And those children tend to internalize a story that says, what is wrong with me? You know, and actually, there's nothing wrong with them. They just haven't found the right people. And they don't, you know, they see themselves in a way that is not positive and confident and they have low self-esteem. And the way you see yourself is what life mirrors back to you. So if you see yourself as no good, worthless, not fitting in, not worthy of friends, you um, you end up attracting people who mirror that back to you, who make you feel left out, who bully you, who are mean to you. Wanting to fix it, long time getting to sleep and processing the day. Yeah, so really deep thinkers, these children. They have amazing imaginations. They're normally highly creative, but they're very deep thinkers. They're normally very sensitive. They're very sensitive to their environments. They're very aware of what's going on around them. Panic when you can't find something. So we've got panic and we've got wanting to fix it. Yeah. And, and I think, and I think herein lies the problem, as you'll see when I am, um, when I, someone's texting me now. 
normally no one texts me or calls me at this time of night and because I want to live everyone wants me how lovely <laughs> how lovely so um so if we think about our children as little soldiers going off to face their worries and we want to turn them into warriors we want them to be able to stand up to their worries you know a lot of the thoughts that we have inside our heads are lies our brain is wired to keep us safe and it's constantly scanning for danger and it will tell us things which aren't true a lot of the time we're not in danger but this is the other thing that I think that the online world promotes that the world is not a safe place and if you as a parent don't feel safe and we can talk about later on why that might be if you as a parent don't feel safe your kids won't feel safe because they pick up on your energy so I'm I'm sure a lot of you know this it's a real coaching thing to say your state transmits so whatever your emotional state is is what your children are getting from you it transmits and 93% of your communication is non-verbal so I don't know if you're aware of that so 93% of the way that you communicate with your kids is nonverbal. So don't worry if they don't listen to you. Just worry about how you're showing up. 55% of that is your body language. And 38% of that is your tone of voice. So the way that you speak to them and the language that you use and the way that you stand when you're talking to them and your demeanor. Yeah, you know, I, I was reading in a book the other day, actually, about uh, trauma and um, childhood emotional neglect and They were saying that the look of disdain and contempt to a child is like a dagger in their heart. That's how sensitive they are. They're so vulnerable. And so if you're not aware of your own body language, I can remember my sister saying to me, stop staring at that woman. You're really licking her up and down and like giving her daggers. Not even aware that I'm doing it. So, you know, if you're not aware of that and that's how you're looking at your children. So, um, Children who have trauma, don't. It's, it, trauma doesn't have to be, it's not about physical abuse or sexual abuse, although it can be, and that's very sad. It's about emotional and psychological abuse. And there's something called childhood emotional neglect, um, which is very prevalent, especially if you're a parent who isn't connected to your emotional self. And I'm going to talk about that a bit more in a minute. And I'm sorry to get serious on you, but it's really important that we understand, you know, Children aren't traumatised just by parents who smack them with a great big stick and lock them in a room. It's not like that. It's like taking care of their emotional needs um, and having healthy boundaries and being able to communicate and being self-aware and being aware of how the way that you show up for your children is, is mirroring back to them who they are. I mean, they start to form their sense of self around about seven or eight. So, you know, those former years, their little brains are like clay and or sponges and they're just absorbing they're watching you all the time all the time so when you think about that your state transmits if we think about that in terms of energy which is why i've created the energy pod little nod to the energy pod because it's there for us to understand our energy and our emotional states and how we are communicating with our non-verbal communication what energy is our family sitting in it's not just our our energy it's our partner's energy or their dad's energy um it's energy between siblings it's sometimes a grandparent's energy if you're if your parents are really involved in raising your children their energy then gets thrown into the mix it's a big mixing pot of lots of different people isn't it so we need to be aware of how all those people are what they're bringing to the party or not as the case may be not telling anyone off just I just want to make people aware because I think people when you hear the word abuse 
you know, I, I talk a lot on my page about childhood trauma and I talk a lot about abuse. And when we talk about abuse, we go, oh, abuse. And we think we're thinking about children on the, you know, on these adverts for charities who are in orphans, who are being, you know, n- not fed and not treated. It's not. It's it can be subtle abuse. You can make a child feel invisible or not seen or unimportant. And through your own unconscious wounding from childhood, you can in, you can pass that on without even knowing that you are. So it's just something to be mindful of. So uh, the message there is, the big message there is, the way that you respond to your child when they're worried is everything. Never mind the techniques and tools that your child needs to deal with their worries. We'll get onto that in a minute. But I want you tonight to really look at your worry response to your child it's it's everything honestly it really is and I've coached so many children who are worried and they have worried parents and I'm saying to the parents but can you just look at your worries could you no 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 you need to help my child because they're constantly focusing on the child and not looking here often when parents go to work on their worries and they reduce their anxiety the child automatically feels safer the child automatically feels safer and the child will just will just change the way that the way that they are so in your sheet which you'll find on the website smileyforlife.com forward slash worry sheet one two three you will see that I have listed four types of worry responses and I've had a bit of fun with it to try and make it light-hearted because it's quite a heavy subject isn't it it's really exhausting living with anxiety I do understand I live I live with it myself so I do understand and we have four different responses to stress. They're our stress responses. So our first response is, so let I'm going to read them out and I want you to see if you can see yourself. You may have a hybrid of one or one or more. So you may have you may have all of them, but you'll be predominantly one of them. So I've done this in the army. I'm a girl, so my army knowledge is limited. I've tried to make it fun. <laughs> And I've tried to write it so that it's recognisable to you. But remember, we're creating warriors who are going off to fight their worries. So number one, are you a sergeant major? Okay, your mantra is, I'm not having this, get a grip, man up. I don't want to be sexist here, but that's more of a dad's uncomfortable response to an emotional child than a mum's but mums could do it as well but when I think about the dads that I work with some of the dads I work with and also I think about my own dad you know that's a you know come on it's not that bad so what a sergeant major is seeking is control and here are some here are some um, nuggets of how you might behave you get easily annoyed and frustrated and angry you can be very dismissive and judgmental is it really that bad You want to blame something or somebody else, the school, a scary teacher, the bully. But what that does to your child, so your child's response to you being a sergeant major and seeking control is your child feels scared and confused. Your child internalizes the message. My feelings are inconvenient. They're not okay. What's wrong with me? It's not safe to be vulnerable. So when we get these really angry children Sometimes we've had parents that have been a bit too harsh with them because they're uncomfortable with their own vulnerability and therefore the child does not feel safe to go to the softer feelings underneath the anger, which is where the anxiety lies or the sadness. What will other people think? 
So I'm not asking you to fess up on here because I know that we're not very good at sharing on this page a lot of the time because, you know, this is big stuff. So you don't have to say, I, I'm a sergeant major, but I'm going to say, I, I am a sergeant major. Before I got into therapy, I was a sergeant major. Anything that was slightly risky, out of my control, I was I was just blaming, projecting it outside of myself, furious. I grew up being the most furious person you'll ever meet. And it's not just my red hair. That is my stress response or my trauma response. It's the fight response to trauma. The refocus for you, if you're this type of parent, is to work on your perfectionistic tendencies, to nurture some compassion for your own feelings and allow yourself and your child to get things wrong, to get comfortable with your own vulnerability. And that's why I was pointing it towards dads, because I think as society, I'm, as society kind of expects men to, to behave in this way, you know, we, we want men to be protectors and, and breadwinners, and some of us do. And therefore, we don't want them to cry and be worried and vulnerable, because we want them to keep us safe. So, when I say dads, I'm not being sexist, but, you know, that would be a more common role in a dad who take charge, Sergeant Major, quite, quite brutal. So that is the fight response. That's the first one. The second one is the SWAT soldier. <laughs> this is me as well. That's why I'm laughing. Right. Let's sort it. What's the plan? That's your mantra. You know, you're wanting a plan. And what you're seeking is order uncertainty now in an uncertain world guys you're not really in control of very much and so when I was in therapy when I first went to therapy I was fight now I've moved into the SWAT soldier response which is the flight response to stress and trauma and this is my workaholism this is me working 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 all the time when I've been triggered so you're seeking order and certainty this is how you recognize yourself take a breath you get caught up in the story or the drama. So, you know, I ask parents, I say, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the fact that your child's worried? Well, the other day we went to school and they forgot their homework and I told the teacher, just tell me the story. There's no feelings, no adjectives to describe feelings, just story, drama, what's going on, what's happening, what's not right, what's wrong. No feelings at all. You, and as a result of that, you micromanage your child. You focus on actions, on doing instead of feelings, instead of being, and you worry obsessively yourself about how you can fix it. You are a fixer. Your child's response to you being a SWAT soldier is disempowered. Your child, I'm worried too, because mummy's worried. So if mummy doesn't know the answer, I'm worried too. I'm not able to fix it for myself. I feel unsafe not knowing what the answer is. I need to ask my mum. So then they become dependent on you and they don't feel like they have the ability to solve it for themselves. Every time you're rescuing them, fixing them, making plans, running up the school, talking to the teacher, sorting it out, ringing their friend, texting this, they, they, they just become disempowered and they think they need you. And then that becomes a belief, doesn't it? As we're going through these, what I'd like you to do is identify yourself, but I'd also like you to think about your parents' response to you as a child, because that will also dictate, that will also have defined your responses to stress, won't it? Because, you know, my, my I can see my mum in that SWAT soldier. I can see my mum, like, 
you know, she was constantly standing at the sink, doing the washing, doing the jobs, doing, 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 doing. She, she didn't ever sit down, you know, so... Number three, you still all with me or have you all logged off thinking, blimey, Smiley, I didn't sign up for this. Uh, number three, the camouflage sniper. I've done little pictures for you. Can you see? Look. The camouflage sniper says, everybody keep still. Ignore it. Don't make a fuss. Get down. Get down in the bushes and hide and then no one will see us. If we just stay really still, no one will see us. That is the freeze response to stress so we've got fight flight and freeze you are seeking invisibility so you probably did this as a child to keep yourself safe so maybe you had a tyrannical scary raging parent or a parent who was unsafe to be around perhaps your parent was an alcoholic or an addict or had mental health issues you feel overwhelmed and you withdraw you feel stuck your head is in the sand you wait for issues to get really bad and escalate and you're avoidant and you focus your attention elsewhere because you're seeking invisibility. Oh, now your child's response to you freezing is they feel very alone and lost because you're not emotionally available to them. You're frozen. So they can't they can't feel you. That's frightening to a child. Your child's response is, where's mummy? The child also internalises the message, my feelings scare people away, so I'll keep them locked inside. So they freeze their own feelings up as well. But children can't always do that, which is why they have massive meltdowns and explode. I feel angry and unimportant. You're not meeting my needs or listening to me. No, because you're going, everyone, shh, don't make a fuss. Get down. I can see my dad in there a little bit, actually. Oh, I didn't do your refocus. Sorry, going back to your SWAT soldier. Your refocus is to connect to your emotional self. Sorry, I'm just going back to the SWAT soldier to confuse you. You cannot listen to your feelings because you're running from yourself. You're perpetually busy because you're running from yourself. You're running from your feelings. So you need to learn to sit with your uncomfortable feelings and understand them instead of acting on them. Because you're acting on them. Your flight is making plans, making plans, making plans. Just sit with them. I notice I'm feeling a bit anxious now. Be curious. I wonder what that could be about. Is there an emergency? Is anything on fire? Are there any lions and tigers? No, my child's having a little bit of a struggle at school. What could what, what, what could we do about that? It's this panic kind of wanting to jump on it straight away. So going back to your camouflage sniper, your freeze response, your refocus you're uncomfortable with adult responsibility and you're very easily overwhelmed. So when life gets really stressful, you just freeze, just get stuck. Uh, you want others to take care of you. So maybe you expect, you know, perhaps you're really close to your parents still and they come in and rescue you or perhaps you've got a partner that, you know, does his fair share. You need to start by connecting and listening to your own feelings and understanding what your needs are. So you won't know what your needs are. You won't know what your feelings are because you're frozen. So you need to do some work on your emotional literacy on feeling your feelings. Can I get a thumbs up if I'm making sense? You don't have to own or confess to any of these descriptions I'm giving you. But if I'm saying stuff that's resonating with you, I'd really appreciate it if you could show me that with your emojis. Yes, Smiley, you're making a lot of sense. That's, that's really helping me. Great. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It is like talking to people with a blindfold on. 
I'm in a room with people that I can't see. Thank you. Thank you. Your last stress response is the nurse or the medic. So this is your fawn stress response. We've done fight, flight, freeze. Now we're doing fawn. The nurse or the medic says, mummy's here. I will love it better for you. I will love it better for you. And what you seek is to stay close and merge with your child. So you kind of smother them a little bit. Um, You're a people pleaser. You can't say no. So you've got poor boundaries. You're overly responsible and super kind to everyone. You're a selfless caregiver and you tend to smother your child with love and attention, sometimes wanting to be their friend. So that's an in what we call an enmeshed codependent mother-child relationship. Now, what that does to your child is that renders your child needy and clingy. And your child, it's what we call learned helplessness. I'm helpless. I need someone to help me. And they can switch between, and I have seen this with quite strong-willed, sensitive children because they don't want to be smothered. They're quite independent. They can switch between, I can't be without mummy, separation anxiety, and I feel suffocated by all the constant attention and demands made on my time. So they get quite angry with you. So they might switch between the two. This is the fawn response, is the codependent response to stress or trauma. So Again, if you had a tyrannical parent or who was quite unpredictable and you had the role of fixer and protector in your family, you may have fawned the parent. You may have placated them and taken care of them. You probably had to grow up before you were ready. It does happen. Or you were a caregiver for a sibling or someone else in your family. So um, the refocus for you, if you're the nurse or medic, is to work on your self-care. And I know I've written so many blogs about this to mums going, self-care, self-care, self-care. I'm, I'm the same, but my self-care is getting better. And self-care is not about having your nails done, having a bubble bath. It's about getting some boundaries and having some self-respect and saying no to people and listening to yourself and taking care of your own needs. Um, you need to work on your self-care and your need to be needed. So maybe as a mum, you need to be needed by your child and your child senses that and they want to meet that need for you. So sometimes they have problems because they know that mummy will love it better for them. And that's how they get their love from you. But there's other healthier ways for you to love each other. Stop putting everybody else first. That's an order. And develop stronger boundaries. Learn to say no. Respect that your child is more than capable. Children are so much more capable than we give them credit for. And trust them. Trust them to work it. Give them the time and space to work it out for themselves. They just need to know that you're there for them. So there we go. So on the next page of the handout, I have written, life isn't about what happens to you. It's about how you react to it. Now, a lot of these reactions are reactions to your child's worry or struggle and actually what you want to do is you want to get to a place where you can respond you're responding you're not reacting from a stress response so the sheet asks you to tick the box that is most like you and it says you may respond to in that way to all of them depending on the situation I think I just read here that somebody wrote going to come back down the chat roll yeah I think I react in multiple ways in times of stress. That's right. So I, I can relate to that. I, as I say, when I, before I went into therapy, I was definitely a fight response to stress or trauma. 
And then as I've done the work on myself, I've now moved into a flight response, which is being a workaholic, which is great for you lot because, you know, here to help. But then when I first started coaching, I was a nurse and a medic. You know, I thought I could love these kids better. Really unhealthy response. And I learned, I learned, you know, on the job and through my supervisor and my therapist to get some healthy boundaries. And then that helped me set boundaries with myself. Um, I don't really go into a freeze response until I've danced between the SWAT soldier and the nurse and medic. So that's really exhausting. It being in that flight, 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 fawn, 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 fawn. And then sometimes I have a total collapse, which is where you'll find me on the sofa under the blanket, binge watching Netflix with a massive bag of crisps. And that is my freeze response where I just totally zone out from the world. So I've got to break my own cycle by recognising when I'm dancing between those two before I get into a collapse state and say to myself, Lise, what do you need? What do you need? You know, and it's normally self-care, like you need to rest, you need to stop. Why are you busy? What are you running from? What's the feeling? What are you feeling? And it's normally anxiety, You're just running from your own feelings. So, so on the sheet, it says, how did you recognize yourself? How were you able to recognize yourself? There'll be things that I'm saying that will be really shouting at you through the phone. You may even be going. And if you're getting annoyed by what I'm saying, what I'm saying is triggering you, then it's definitely something for you to look at. And then it says, what can you do differently? Um, Is there anything else you need to make this happen? So if you want to change something, what do you need to make those changes? And how will you make sure that you follow that through? How are you going to stick to the plan? So I have five things that your worried child needs from you that I've written here. And I'm just going to go through those and then I'm going to come and take your questions because I think this is really important. Oh, take a breath. Hold on. What do you need? I need some water. Yep, I do that one too. Don't worry, Catherine, it's been recorded so you can catch up on the replay. I think what I might do is download this... um, I've got my earbuds in so I can download the audio to the podcast. I might do a special podcast episode for parents and just upload this because I think most parents would find this helpful. You know, we don't really talk about this sort of stuff, do we? But we need to talk about it because it's really important. So five things your worried child needs from you. Number one is self-awareness. How does your stress response affect your child? And, And that, more than anything else, is what you need to look at. Because when you think about what you're in control of, you're not in control of your child, you're not in control of anything, you're only in control of your own faculties. And on some days that's questionable with some of us, isn't it? (laughs) So you've got to take control of yourself, okay? You've got to, you've got to. Um, So you've got to be aware of when when you're in one of those four stress responses and you've got to notice what you're doing. So you have to have self-awareness. You might need to um, go and speak to somebody like me or a therapist or someone about your stress responses. If you did have a particularly traumatic childhood or a significant traumatic event, we call that um, an adverse childhood experience. So parents splitting up can be that or loss of a parent at a young age or a family that moved around a lot or if you were bullied as a child, um, or, you know, if you were smacked or abused um, as a child, then physically abused as a child, 
um, you will have a trauma response. And these trauma responses, you don't remember the events in your head, but your body remembers them. So all the feelings that come up from that event are what are making you respond in one of those four ways. So it's the little you that's in the room that's, you know, having a trauma response. And sometimes, and they're often unconscious, which is why parents don't realise when they're responding in that way to their children. So you may, depending on how self-aware you are, you may need help with that. The second one is empathy. Empathy. So empathy is not the same as sympathy. It's about being on their team and emotionally, you have to emotionally connect with your child. You've got to meet them in the space where they are. And if you weren't shown empathy as a child, this is a skill that you can learn, but it takes practice. And again, you need to be self-aware in order to be able to do it. Uh, You've got to see yourself as being on the same team and learning together. So that's why certain parenting styles, like authoritarian parents, you know, you seek to take charge and um, lay down the law. And there's no empathy there, is there? Because you're not listening to your child. You're not noticing your child's needs. You're not saying to your child, how do you feel? What do you want? You're saying you will do as I tell you. It doesn't work. So in the blue box underneath, which this is relevant to empathy, and I want to read this out to you because I really want you to hear this. It is not your job to make things better. I'm going to say that again. It is not your job to make things better. Your job is to emotionally connect and to see the situation through your child's eyes. Empathy. Empathy is connecting with the emotions that lie beneath, not the story. Forget the story. Forget who's right or wrong. Forget whose fault it is. Forget who said what to who. The emotions that lie beneath the story. It is not about fixing. It's about having the courage, which is vulnerability, to choose to be with somebody while they are in pain or upset. So you've got to be there with the struggle Without zoning out and freezing, you've got to be with your child when they're in pain or struggling and connect to those feelings and meet them with empathy. No fixing. No fixing. It's really hard. It takes practice. The third thing you need to do is trust. You need to trust yourself, trust your instincts. You're a mum, you know your child, you know yourself. And you need to let go of the outcome. Because you're not in control of what happens. You're not. And the more you seek to control it and wrestle with it, and, you know, that's a bit of a flight sergeant major response, isn't it? The more that you are up there responding in that way, the more you disempower, confuse and scare your child. The fourth thing your child needs is your child needs you to develop some curiosity. So I notice especially around here, because we're very image focused in Surrey. If you're in Surrey, you'll know what I mean. It's very judgmental already. We're very judgmental. We're very black and white. We make judgments about people. I mean, it is human nature. We do make judgments about people, mostly to keep ourselves safe. But when your child is having a problem and struggling, it's much better to explore from a place of curiosity and say, you know, like, I I wonder... I wonder what happened today when he hit that little boy in his class. I wonder what I wonder what was going on for him. I wonder how he felt. 
must have felt quite scared. I wonder what, just be curious, you know, because the fear, the SWAT mum would be like, oh my God, what did he do? Got to go up to school, sort it out. Or that might be the sergeant major mum or the sergeant major mum would be blaming and saying to the teacher, it's your fault because you're not controlling the classroom. It's very easy to control the schools. We know the school system is SHIT at times, but that's the system that our children are in. We can't do anything about that. We can only respond to it in a certain way. Or we can choose to homeschool them or we can choose to put them in forest schools or we can choose to put them in private schools. We've got choices. But if our children are in a system and things are happening to them, we can't keep blaming the system. We've got we've got to find other ways around it. You know, don't get me started. We could have a whole conversation about politics, the government and how corrupt the world is. But it's not going to change it, is it? That's what our children are growing up in. We have to make choices based on that. I'm I'm ranting a bit. I'm not ranting. I'll just take a breath. Number five, you need a lot of courage. So courage comes from the French word cur, which means heart. When you live with courage, you live wholeheartedly, which means you have to be able to be vulnerable. So you can't armour up. You can't armour up and pretend to be perfect. You have to get it right all the time. You can't armour up with anger. You can't armour up with knowing it all and having all the answers. Nobody does. You can't armour up. You've got to live with courage. And so this is about being able to be with all of your feelings and your struggle in spite of the fear that you're feeling. We're all afraid. We're all afraid a lot of the time. Life is scary. Allow yourself and your child to get it wrong. It's not about perfection. It's about progress. So let it all come undone if it has to. It's a it's a bit like when you've got an addict, you know, enablers, which is the nurse response, enablers enable the addict's behaviour. So they phone in sick and they make excuses to the addict and they say, oh, yeah, I get drunk a lot, but, you know, he's trying really hard, hasn't been to any meetings, isn't seeing any therapist, enabling. That's what the nurse and medic does. When you're enabling, you're robbing the addict of, reaching rock bottom and someone who is that sick needs to reach rock bottom before they can sort themselves out i'm not saying your children are addicts but if you flip that onto parenting your children have to get into a struggle and be vulnerable and make mistakes and get it wrong and learn for themselves so that's it that's it for me what are you thinking what are you thinking type into the chat roll let me hear your thoughts That's all I got tonight, guys. It's quite a big message. It's quite important. So as you're typing into the chat roll, I would like to um, tell you about a new course that I'm launching on the 7th of November. So if you just bear with me while I talk about my new course for five or 10 minutes, and then I will come and answer your questions. So It's a six-week course called Get Your Worries Out. For those of you that have been to my creative coaching workshop, Get Your Worries Out, a lot of the material is from there, but it's been enhanced and corrected and and developed over time. So I've been doing it for 10 years now, nine years. Um, And it's also an invitation for parents to come because the feedback we got from the workshops was you're sending the kids home, we don't know what to do with them. And again, it's like, 
that's the parent's stress response. I don't know. I don't know. I need to know. I need to know what's going on. I feel out of control. So I thought, right, we'll do an online course. So it's a six-week course. Week one is uh, the welcome and your worries assessment. So we're going to audit your worries and look at what your worry triggers are. And we're going to look at the people, places and situations that trigger you. We're going to recognise how it feels to be worried. So we're going to get your children to connect into those feelings and to stop being scared of them and to recognise that their body is going to feel scared at times and they can only feel brave when they're feeling scared. You've got to feel scared first before you can feel brave. Um, And then week two is take back your power. So this is where we're going to discover how we can change that worry cycle that we're feeling trapped in and make different choices so that we're in charge. Week three is firing up your superpowers So I'm going to teach the children nine superpowers that they already possess, that they've already got inside of them to fight back and keep their worries at bay. I'm going to select the superpowers that work and then they can select the ones that they want. They won't want all nine of them. As I say, everyone will have a different toolkit so they can pick from the nine. Week four is firing up your superpowers part two. So we're going to go and deep dive into some more of those. Some of you that work with me know that I teach EFT, which is emotional freedom technique and being more mindful and there's quite a big part on journaling don't have to write because journaling can be doodling and drawing it's just about putting pen to paper it's really powerful stuff week five I've just said that week six get your worries out so that's putting everything together in a plan and then there's three special bonuses that come with that there's a masterclass on stress some guided relaxations for moving icky feelings out of your body and a special relaxation to help you sleep at night that I've put together. So it's a six-week course. It starts on the 7th of November. I'm looking for five to 10 families to join me. It's £275 or a payment plan of three payments of ni- three payments of £92. So it's, um, it's held in a Facebook group. So you'll get a journal and you'll get all the materials and you'll be asked to go away and do them. And then you come in and you have a live call with me every week. Wednesday at six o'clock and we talk about where we're at and we share and we and becoming part of a community like that and working with other families helps kids to realize that they're not the only ones that feel worried when you're a worrier that's really powerful because you live in your head a lot of the time and you don't realize that other people feel the same way that you do basically so this is for children aged eight to twelve it's for children who feel overwhelmed and flooded by their worries and they are ready to take action. They want to do something about it. So they need to be willing to show up and come and do the work and have the time to do the work and be committed to doing the work. It's life-changing stuff when you know this, this kind of thing. Um, and they will, they will have this lovely toolkit with all these superpowers afterwards to help them. So the course is by application only. Let's get your worries out. You will be able to apply I want you to apply because I want to speak to parents and I want to make sure that it's the right course for you. So we will have a chat on the phone for about 20 minutes. If I don't think it's for you, I will signpost you somewhere else. I don't want you investing in money where I don't think it's what you need. If I think it's something else you need, I'll tell you. I'm very straight up like that. I don't, you know, I know I know that your mental health is important and I know that um, not everyone has, you know, infinite resources to invest in it. If you're not up for doing the course, the dates don't work or it's not right for you, it will be launched as a course in January for you to take home and do by yourselves. But you can also check into the podcast on the website. So Truly Madly Smiley Podcast has got three episodes at the moment about worries. Episode four is the one with the big thought hole. 
Episode eight is the one with the noisy brain or busy brain. Is it noisy brain? I can't remember. And episode 12, which is the one I talked about that's been released today, is the one with the worry explosion. Get your children listening to the podcast. Get them to connect with me. Get them to listen. A little girl um, I was coaching on Wednesday in a group said to me, um, when I hear your voice, I feel safe. So she's been listening to my podcast since I started them. She's listened to all 12 episodes and some of them more than once. So that's really lovely, isn't it? That's, that's really, really lovely. Um, and also, if you go to my website on the blog, there is a search facility on my website. If you type worry into the search facility, all the blog posts that I've ever written since the beginning of time about worries are there for you to access. There is a shed load of information in there to help you with links, with books, with resources. So make sure you feel your boots. Okay. Right. I'm going to come to the chat roll and answer the questions. And then I've got another couple of questions here for that people want me to answer. So let me just come to the chat roll. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm going to come and look on my laptop because when I try and press with my sausage fingers on my phone, it just kicks me out and brings up funny messages. How annoying. Hold the line, caller. I'm right here. So, oh, now Caroline's comment's not showing up. Oh, for the love of God, it's technology. I can see your one, Nikki. It's just stopped all my comments. Nikki says, the cheat sheet is brilliant and really helpful. Thank you. Tiredness and time are two factors that make everything go out of the window. So that tells me that a lot of the time, Nikki, that you're dropping into a freeze response because you feel overwhelmed. Is that right? Oh, here come the comments. Here come the comments. Here come the comments. I know, but then I'm losing the other ones. Oh, Okay. <laughs> it's my fight response. Oh, bugger. I nearly said a word. Let me just see, because I can see that Caroline's struggling struggling with empathy, but when my sausage fingers click on more, it goes block Caroline Poppleton. I don't want to block you, my love. Oh my god, I can't read it. <laughs> I can't read it, Caroline. I find empathy so hard tonight. I spent over an hour empathising with both my children. Who? Can you write the rest of the coin in another comment so that I can read it? I can't read it. How ridiculous. Um, Nikki says, noisy brain is my child's favourite. Thank you. Yeah, that was a silly one, wasn't it? Uh, we love the podcast. Thanks, Elaine. Yeah, thank you. I've had so much fun writing and recording them. Um, yeah. Amy says, so much food for thought. Thanks, Lisa. Certainly see my own journey from 10 years to motherhood and how I've changed. Certainly see responses different from one child to another, trying to meet their needs, but feeling now that might be exacerbating. I certainly see the hot and cold response at times. Yeah, and do you know what, Amy? I think that's really hard, the consistency. And, and that's why you need good boundaries, because when you're really busy, when your life is really busy and it feels out of control and overwhelming that feels out of control, doesn't it? So boundaries would be 
really important there. And you can, and also, you know, um, it's not about being perfect, guys, because you're going to wake up, you're going to be grumpy some days, and you're going to be stressed, and you're going to be tired. I'm not saying you've got to be like, nah, nah, all the time. But it's being aware of those responses and thinking, how can I manage them so that I'm not frightening my child you know just being aware and I think having that awareness like hopefully just listening to tonight and just going okay that's me right what can I do instead of that how do I feel what do I need so so Nikki when you feel like you're running out of time and you're tired self-care boundaries how do I feel what do I need they're the two questions my therapist has taught me to ask myself because nobody as a child said to me how do you feel what do you need and and actually, maybe you could start asking your children that question. Like, instead of fixing them, perhaps you could say to them, how do you feel? They'll say to you, I don't know. And you'll say, well, I think you do know how you feel. You know, like, if you did know the answer, what would it be? Then it will take practice. To begin with, they'll be like, I don't know how I feel. Mummy, you make it better. Because that's what they're used to. And they won't like it when you decide to change the way that you are with them. It's 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 baby steps. Oh, Caroline had fallen out. Oh, you both your children have had a row. So you spent over an hour. So maybe some bounce. So you can have empathy, but maybe you need some boundaries around talking time. You know, because it's bedtime, isn't there? And so and so you can, you, you, you don't, you know, it'd be like if your mate rung up and was on the phone for two hours telling you about how annoyed she was about her husband. You'd be like, sorry, my love, I've got to go. I need to cook the dinner. Like you're allowed to say no and set boundaries with people, even your own children. I can remember when I was coaching mums last year and they all kept saying to me, what do you mean? I can't even go to the toilet by myself. And I thought, no, because you follow your child into the toilet and you don't have any boundaries with them. So that's why they follow you into the toilet. They're just mirroring what you're doing. I My boundaries are way better than they used to be, but I literally was brought up in a boundaryless house and probably till I was about 30 lived a boundaryless life. Oh, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. It makes you feel guilty. It brings on shame. Um, it, 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 it just... It, Life is very, very complicated and stressful if you don't have boundaries. I'm sorry your kids had a row as well, because that I also think, you know, when they pick their moments to do that, you, you kind of have to look at what are the feelings, what are they grappling for, what's the what's the argument about? What do they need what do they need? How do they feel? What do they need? Uh I can see my ch- Linda says, I can see my child has picked up on all my emotional stress. I feel like I have let her down. Oh, Linda, I'm sure you're doing your best. I don't think you've let her down. You're doing your best. Um, Hang on, let's come up here because that's not working on there. It's getting on my nerves. <laughs> I can see. Let's have a little chat with Linda. Oh, Linda, it's doing the same with my sausage fingers. Um, I, ha- I can't read these comments. Let me see if I can get these comments to come up, guys, because I really want to help you. I can see that Caroline said, right, I'm working on my boundaries hard. That's it. Go home. (laughs) Go hard or go home, Caroline. Stand in front of the mirror and go, no, and smile. No, and smile. No, no, no. Just keep saying no. That's what I get the kids to do. They think it's hilarious. (laughs) And then they go to the school and the teacher says, 
No, you've got to play nicely with everyone, even the people that bully you and aren't very kind. That's a really positive message, isn't it? Linda, I can't read your message. I'm getting frustrated. My fight response is kicking in. I'm with you, Linda. I might have to come back and re- respond to Linda because I don't want to leave Linda hanging. The nurse in me is wanting to rescue you, Linda, because I can see that you're not feeling very happy. Here we go. I have struggled with raising them by myself, so I'm sure you've done an amazing job because being a single mum is no mean feat and that is a tough gig. So you've got to, like, say, well done for doing that. Like, have some self-compassion. We're so hard on ourselves, aren't we? We're so hard on ourselves. We're so critical and judgmental. Um, With a husband home only after 8.30, yeah. Oh, right, so you did have a husband, but he came home later, yeah. Lots of men do work long hours, don't they? Yeah. Um, Tiredness and time cause a lot of our stress. That's the same as Nikki. My adrenaline is high by the evening when things tend to go wrong. So I wish I could go back and change. So you're spiralling up as the evening goes on. You're spiralling up into a SWAT soldier or a sergeant major, do you think? Where are you going? Or are you going into a freeze response and just being overwhelmed and stuck? So you need to ask for help. So a lot of you mums, it sounds like you're doing stuff on your own. Um, How good are you asking for help? How good are you at delegating? You don't have to do it all. And I guess if you're a mum who works and you feel guilty about that, when you come home, you want to be the one to do it all for your kids. But then is that possible? Is that possible? Can you be a good enough mum instead of trying to be superwoman and doing it all like self-compassion freeze response linda yes you just you just go into freeze and then you're invisible okay so you can look at that you can look at your freeze response so you need to look at your um connecting to your emotions and working out what you want and what you need when I was verbally abused by an angry parent in front of my child I shocked myself that I was actually nice to her I went yeah you so I would imagine that you had a parent that did that. And also, when you go into nice mode, you can either go into invisible mode when someone's attacking you. So that's like rabbit trapped in the headlights. Or you can go into a fawn response, which is the nurse being super nice when someone's being an absolute a-hole to you. And you're just like, why am I doing that? Because you've you've turned into a five-year-old version of yourself that's standing in front of your tyrannical mum or your drunk dad And you feel like someone's stolen your voice and you can't respond. So this is all old. You're being triggered by really old stuff, a lot of you. And it's all in there somewhere and it needs looking at. When someone attacks me like that, Caroline, I go into super nice mode. Because I don't want to be tyrannical like my parents were. And I don't want people to think I'm not a very nice person. But there's a difference, isn't there, between being a mug and a pushover and standing up for yourself and saying, hey, I'm actually I'm really uncomfortable with the way you're talking to me. And I really don't want to continue this conversation. So I'm going to walk away. You don't have to be rude, do you? But the words escape you when you're in freeze mode or when you're on auto response and you've gone into nurse mode because you've gone into a smaller version of yourself. You just, you know, you just you do that. Oh, now you're not going to comment because my blooming comments are not blooming working. 
I'm sick of work with an ongoing illness that we still haven't found the root cause of yet. Catherine, I can't read the rest of that comment either. This is just getting on my pip. <laughs> oh, God. I really want to help you all. I can't see the... Right, how have I set my comments up here? What's going on? Let's just click on the comments. Ah, here we go. Let's have a little look. Angry smiley. Frustrated smiley. Um, okay, can't see. Can't see. If I haven't responded to your comments, I will come back and respond to them. Oh, he doesn't want to go to school. He's having issues at school. Yes, yeah, so boundaries. So I've written a really good response, uh, really good um, blog post. If you go to the blog, smileyforlife.com forward slash frozen fear, that's about what to do when your child is refusing, it doesn't want to go to school. So it gives you a script of how to meet with empathy, but you've got to set boundaries. The boundaries, you've got to go to school. And I think when you're a mum who is a nurse mum, a mum who wants to fawn and make it better, you worry that you're going to damage your child. You worry that you're going to upset them and push them over the edge. So you don't set boundaries with them. But what you do is you then enable behaviour that's unacceptable and you enable the not going to school because you think that's kind and that's protecting them. But they need to go to school and face it you've got to face your fears I know they're children but you know there's things that you can put in place like you need to go and speak to a teacher you need to make sure they've got, you've got to what how do they feel what do they need you've got to take care of their needs but they have to go to school it's not your fingers you can't see them either oh, I thought it's my sausage fingers thank you thank you for that so that is my training. Um, thank you all for listening. If you haven't been able to comment or I've not been able to read your comment, please rest assured that I will come back and respond to you. I'm now going to go and upload this to YouTube and send it out to my people on my newsletter. So if you're on my newsletter and you've missed it, then and you'll, you'll get this on the replay. If what you've heard tonight has triggered you or has worried you, um, then please contact me, lisa at smileyforlife.com. Don't struggle by yourself. You might be triggered by what you hear. You might go into freeze mode and think, oh, I just can't be listening to that. I just need to sort my child out. You're a team. You feed off each other. Remember, nonverbal response. Your child needs you to show up in a certain way for them. And it's about working it out. It's about working it out, isn't it? I'm sure you're all doing I th I'm, I'm sure you're all doing amazing jobs and I think the thing is is to, to to say you only know what you know you can only do what you can do and you're doing your best and when you know better you'll do better and exactly the same for your kids exactly the same for your kids they're trying their hardest you know with what they know and it's limited because they're still learning um so it, it is really good to ask yourself those two questions. Maybe that's a key takeaway from tonight. How do I feel? What do I need? Um, can't wait to watch the bits I missed. That's okay, Catherine. Oh, Linda's back. Hold on, Linda. I'm right with you. When you are the only parent around and you are having a wobble yourself and you are a person who wears your heart on your sleeve, how do you not let your child... So it's not about hiding how you feel from your child. It's about communicating your needs. So you can say to your children, again, it's about setting boundaries. It's about saying to your child, 
Mummy needs to go to the bathroom and have five minutes. Go to the bathroom, wash your hands, because washing your hands under cold water is going to take you out of that stress response. Take some deep breaths. Have a little cry if you need to. Sort yourself out and then come back. Um, In families where things get really out of control or there aren't enough boundaries, I often recommend that uh, you all sit down and you agree a um, code word. Uh, some families have silly code words like red sausages, or you can just say time out. Anyone can call time out, including a child. You call time out and everyone goes away and calms down. And then you come back and you talk when you're ready. And nobody has to come back and talk if they're not ready. Because people process things at different rates, depending on their stress response. So sergeant majors will want to go to war and go, rah, and blame everyone. SWAT soldiers will be like, let's make a plan and sort it all out. Camouflage snipers will be in the toilet going, oh my God, I'm so overwhelmed. Why is my husband not coming home from work? And nurses and medics will be going, come on, let me love it better. You know, like, and your kids will have stress responses as well. So I wonder if you can look at those four stress responses, work out your own stress response, work out your child's stress response and look at your parents' stress responses to you and how that created the stress responses that you've got. Because you just pass, you're all passing it on, passing it on. It's generational. Um, yeah. But we've all got them. I don't think there's anyone that hasn't got a stress response. I think depending on how traumatized you have been throughout your life, how many traumatic experiences um, will give you the level of your stress response. So maybe, Linda, um, I think it's lovely that you're emotional and sensitive. I think it's lovely that you sh- that you're sensitive and that you show your feelings. That that makes you a really kind, caring person, and you don't have to mask up, armor up. You don't have to armor up, but you can take control of yourself and you can set a boundary and say to your children, "I need time out," and go away and attend to yourself. Oxygen mask on the airplane. Yours first, then you sort the kids out, because otherwise. In your triggered response, you're a five-year-old trying to sort out your children that are having a struggle and you can't help them when you're like that. Is that helpful? Hi, Christopher. You're welcome. Yeah, there's lots to work on. Don't go away feeling overwhelmed and thinking, oh, crikey. Go away thinking, wow, I'm so glad that I've got this information. That's helpful to me. You know, what is the next step? Don't go... Oh, oh, there's loads of things wrong that I need to sort out. SWAT soldiers will be thinking, right, let's make a plan. (laughs) Anyone feeling angry? Who's gone into Sergeant Major mode? I'll just be super nice to you so you don't get cross with me. See, it's it's just your response. Just come from a place. What are the five things? Where are you, my children? What do you need? You need, I need to give you empathy. You need to trust that you're capable and it's all going to work out. You need to come from a place of curiosity. How do I feel? What do I need? And just have the courage to be yourself and be with your feelings. Be vulnerable. It's about being vulnerable, isn't it? Makes so much sense, Lisa. Thank you. Incredibly helpful. Lots of food for thought. I definitely have a mixture of stress responses. Yeah, we all do. If any of you are really interested in deep diving into stress responses, shall I tell you where what book to read or will I will I overwhelm you even more will you be more overwhelmed if you want to know what the book is tell me and I'll I'll message it to you because there's a there's a whole book on it which is really uh insightful 
and make sense of a lot of things. So much sense, thank you. Teen years, not 10. Okay, lots to work on. Yes. Oh, you want to know the name of the book? (laughs) The book is by a man called Pete Walker. And the book is called Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. There it is. Pete Walker, Complex PTSD. That's just your trauma response, post-traumatic stress disorder. Is your trauma response, the stress responses. And you, yeah, you've all got your own boundaries, so you can choose whether you read that or not. Pete Walker, Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving. I think it's on my library, actually, on my website, my free resources. It's a really good book. I had to read it five times because it triggered me every time I read it. (laughs) I going into a freeze response and not being able to listen to what he was saying and then having to go back and read it later. (laughs) See? Healer, heal thyself, Lisa Parks. All right. Okay. Thanks, guys. And if any of you are interested in working on your worries with your children, because you can learn more about your trauma response if you come on the course, because if you're learning with your children when you do the six week course, you will see how I respond to them. And I will also be able to notice how you're responding to them and help you course correct. That might be quite useful. All right, lovelies. Thanks. And I will get back to those people whose comments couldn't read because Facebook is doing my nutting. Thanks, everyone. Have a lovely evening. Bye-bye. Bye.